Hi, everyone. We're back, and this week we're speaking with Carly Clough from Sampler.io. We talk about how they raise awareness and reach target markets through sampling. Hope you guys enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to One Question XYZ. This is Carl Radke and my amazing host, Dalia. Here we are. <laughs> and we've got a special guest today. Um, I actually met her at South by Southwest two years ago yeah. with her and her uh, founder and CEO. Um, there, she's from Sampler.io. It's a really cool company out of Toronto. We've got Carly Clough here. Hello. Hi, Carly. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Uh, she is the head of partnerships, and yeah, we'd love to talk to you a little bit about everything you're doing in the tech world. I mean, you guys are a startup, right? Correct. Yeah, we're a startup based out of Toronto, but uh, working in 18 countries and growing at the moment. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Wait, so tell us, what is Sampler.io? So we do direct-to-consumer product sampling which is a lot of words to say we're helping brands take samples off street corners or in Times Square in the grocery store and moving them to digital channels so they can execute sampling campaigns in a much more targeted and measurable way. So finding that target consumer online means that you can continue that conversation. Whereas, you know, we're all guilty of it. Grocery store, go buy, grab a cracker. And I, I love the samples at Trader Joe's. I'm not I mean, I, I still am a big fan as well. <laughs> so it's funny. I feel like they continuously give me the same thing, right? And I feel like that defe- defeats the point of sampling because if you keep trying the same thing, you never get a chance to try new things. Does that mean you're competing with, like, all these box subscriptions like uh, Birchbox or? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're definitely, like, playing within the same space. Uh, the difference, though... And I'm guilty of it as well. I've signed up for those subscriptions too. Like my dog has BarkBox. But when you get it, you try it. And then I'm just really excited for the next month to try something new. Right. It's We call them brand switchers, not necessarily like switching to that brand permanently. It's more of a just want to try new try stuff. Oh, you're a risk taker. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you like trying new restaurants and like discovering new things. Exactly. Yeah. I ran a, um, it was a company called Cozy Wallet. So oh. it was similar to like what Groupon is today, uh, where it focused more on like deals and money saving. And cool. we, we did a lot of research into that. So people like to try new things. They, it becomes part of their personal identity. They, they'll always want to try new things. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. I think in that regard too, it's like someone's not going to go use a Groupon at a restaurant and be like, I want to go pay 70% more next time. Right. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so well, yeah. So, like, tell us a little bit about, like, I mean, Sampler. Obviously, you say startup. Mm-hmm. I mean, give us a little background, like, how long you guys been around? Definitely. So I'd like to know a little bit about the Toronto tech scene. Yeah, we so. can talk about that as well. It's it's booming. It's crazy within like a stone's throw. All the companies that are around us, like Shopify, pretty much dominates the yep. block that we're at. They've, they're in like four different buildings. It's pretty crazy all the talent that's just within one area um, we also have waterloo close by that has a google campus like there's there's a lot going on is there like i mean being close to shopify does that give you guys any access to working with them or how, i mean i feel like they have tons of brands and companies that would want to use definitely so i've had conversations with them because i think that's so interesting in the whole direct-to-consumer world being a big buzzword right now right uh, but all of the companies that they work with in the consumer packaged goods that are using Shopify as a platform, uh, to me, it's a no-brainer that you would have you know, call to action on that site where an end-to-end solution can handle that for them. Um, they're also getting into the retail space, so how do you offer digital sampling at the point of sale? So okay. um, a couple of conversations going on there, but uh, I think just the Canadian government itself also is very supportive in helping companies raise capital and start businesses and just the support that's available. Like, I've been down here a couple of times with the mayor of Toronto, John Tory, hugely supportive of startups 
Um, he'll have us all come in and, you know, do pitches to uh, New York-based VCs and just introduce what's going on in Toronto. So it's definitely a really tight community. And where do you guys stand? I mean, I know, you know, Marie, I think, was Marie yeah. originally started the, basically like by herself? No? Yeah, so I, I, I never answered that original yeah. question. <laughs> so Marie was working uh, for a VC fund in New York, actually. And then the company that she was working on uh, fell through. Uh, so she came home to Toronto, um, originally from Montreal, though, and was starting a marketing company. So um, back in the day, same background as me in between semesters in school, were brand ambassadors. And she always had this, you know, passion for sampling, but also recognized, like, this is a totally broken system, sure. um, which I understood right away. Like, you're relying on a 17-year-old who's getting paid, like, stupid amount per hour, and their only objective is to get rid of samples so they can go home. So obviously drinks, like there's a ton of opportunity with sampling there, Mm -hmm. but what other brands or types of companies do you feel like focus a lot on sampling and they're looking to connect with customers? Yeah, so definitely uh, food and beverage being one. Beauty is another huge vertical. Um, L'Oreal actually was one of our first investors and they recognized right away, like we need to move this online. So when we started uh, fundraising, it's really hard to find investors without like historical data on an emerging category. They're like, well, how, what's the growth year after year? And you're like, we don't know. We it's don't know yet. brand new. <laughs> right. So it's been working really well for us to go after the leaders in the industry who have also recognized that in developing like strategic investor relationships. Um, so through that, beauty is huge. Like how do you sample to someone understanding like they've got dry skin, they're worried about fine lines. Um, so through our targeting capabilities, we can ensure that it's going to the right consumer. Why? Because they fill out surveys? Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. And how do you connect with them? Yeah, so there's two different ways. Either the brand can use Sampler's audience. So we've built up an audience network with uh, digital publishers. So in that case, the publisher white labels our technology. Their readers sign up. So that's really cool because we're getting this high-valued audience. It's not, you know, someone searching at home, how do I get free shit? And they're signing up, answering <laughs> questions. Google that is like a Google I've Googled, Google. how do I get free shit? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. call them freebie hunters. It's like this There's a thing out there. Culture. For, yes, yeah. there is. Um, and how do you motivate these publishers to to want to capture that data for you? Yeah, so they get a rev share per sample distributed. But for them, too, it's also an engagement tool. Um, so you see, like, twice the open route rate, seven times the click-through rate on an email talking about sampling. At the end of the day, everyone does love free stuff. For sure. And then they get shared um, insights. So all of those questions we're collecting on, uh, you know, people's skin concerns, they'll also see those as well. So that's really awesome for a publisher that can answer an advertiser's um, request for proposal and say, oh, we over-index on people that shop organic or eat a keto diet and, you know, are worried about blemishes. So they get all that data insight as well. So how would, like, let's say that, like, for example, um, a friend of mine starting a beverage company and let's say he wanted For example. (laughs) For example. So, like, how would it work exactly? Like, he hasn't, being food and beverage, he's alcohol. So beer in the United States is a little bit different because it has to go through distributors. Let's say it was, like, a healthy non-alcoholic drink yeah what would like I want to let's say I want to get my product out there how would that like walk me through how that might work yes like I've got my direct consumer website I've got my Instagram I've got maybe Facebook what do I do so if it's a new product launch that's what I love about our audience network is we can help spread awareness of the new brand and find those target consumers so um, like right now for example we're working with PepsiCo's launching Drinkfinity which is like this sparkle it's like a soda stream to go 
So they're using our network to distribute those samples. On the flip side, they could also do a fully branded approach. So that's when the brand is driving audience themselves. So back to the example of Red Bull was doing a back to school campaign on Snapchat. So swipe up and it opened up, you know, get your wings for studying. And then it was fully granted to Red Bull. We were shipping. So I was, I would cans. swipe up from Snapchat. It would take me to a landing page yeah. that Red Bull was in charge of. Yeah, so they design it, their creative agency executes it. But they have your tech built into it? Yeah, it's actually our tech. Um, we just take the assets they provide us. So what, what would be the que- like, be question? Like, a couple, couple questions asking me what I'm... Yeah, like, like what do you use Red Bull for? Um, so be- how many questions do you typically ask? Depends. We honestly don't see that much drop-off. Like, we can go upwards of 10 questions. Wow. And That's once like people are committed, yeah, they're, they're going for it. Wow. So your technology, is it intense to incorporate? Because a lot of companies, like, that scares them off, right? Yeah. Um, so what would that look like in terms of plugging it in? So it's actually extremely easy. Uh, it's a self-serve dashboard. So it's a template. Fill in, you know, header logo, your hero image. Uh, it spits out the embed code, so you could either put it integrated directly within a content section if you're using like WordPress or whatnot, um, or it'll just simply give you a microsite URL that we can host. So it'd be like sampaio slash Red Bull. Sure. Now, is is like you mentioned Snapchat. Let's say you know I personally don't use Snapchat. The other channels that you guys use, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm assuming Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, are, Facebook and Instagram are are huge. Um, a lot going on in the influencer marketing space as well. So. So you're connecting, them, you're connecting with those influencers directly, I guess. Yeah, so typically we'll come in once the media plan is set. Um, but, you know, we just finished a big one with CeraVe, uh, which is a, a moisturizer. Yeah, right? was, yeah, influencers talking about dry skin in the winter. I mean, someone's already listening to that person, already believes in what they're saying, the authenticity of it, but now swipe up. You can now have... A sample. Yeah. And then what's the... So, okay, I, I mean, you the client chooses how many samples they want to... Mm-hmm, exactly. They do. And then do you orchestrate the actual influencer campaign or does an external agency do that and then loops you in? Exactly. So it's, we're working in tandem with them, uh, but we provide them with anywhere a call to action could be email, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn bio can open up our experience. That's right. amazing. And then when you think about the platforms, um, so you're, you're working with all of them, but what have the successes been on each platform? So I'd say Instagram and Facebook definitely convert really well. And by um, conversion, you're talking about like people opting into the survey to, to collect those. I think the, the click through is working really well, particularly on Instagram right now. Um, YouTube's also working really well. We just did one with OB tampons, which is like that'd be a hard product to sample especially to get people to, like, provide reviews after. Right. So they were doing, um, there's this influencer. I actually thing. agree. I think that would be a tough product. We do a lot of, like, female hygiene. Wow. Yeah, because you're not really into that in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting product yeah. to sample, just in general. Yeah, and they were focused on, um, it was OB with their less waste, which is top of mind for everyone right now. Right. Totally. So there's this influencer series called What's in My Purse, and everyone goes through what's in their sure. bag. Like, stop. Sponsored by OB. Look at how small and cute it is. I don't know. <laughs> Link so do you get, like, a own. package, or do you get, like, an individual one? How does that we work? We were shipping, like, full boxes. Wow. Yeah. I, I get the allure of that. If you're sending, like, an individual one, I feel yeah. like it decreases the desire. And then how do you work with Snapchat? So we'll go in and co-pitch with them. So if they have a brand that makes sense, like, we do a lot of work uh, in fragrance. So... Going in and talking to the Mark Jacobs Daisy and the Calvin Klein teams, 
you know, they're trying to do the the filters, swipe up. How do you get that sample into that 22-year-old's hand? So. And once, it, like, let's say it's not an influencer, just Joe Schmo, mm-hmm. whoever, and they get this, they sign up, they opt in, they get, let's say, the Red Bull sample. Is there any more call to action from there? Yeah, definitely. So. And how does that how is that communicated via email? Yeah, okay. via email. So I mean, so sampling, email still works. Email <laughs> still works. Sampling is definitely the best way to get someone to switch or trial a new category. Like your friends or a new beverage company, you'd probably say you just got to taste it. Yeah. So the trial of the sample is still very important, but essentially that sample is the carrot to collect data. Sure. So you, the brands get all the opt-ins um, so they can do remarketing, but we also do a follow-up coupon so could drive back to their Shopify store. Sure. Um, wow, and then a follow-up they get survey. all the opt-ins. You're giving them all those email addresses. Yeah. That's a big deal. It's huge. Like now it's interesting in the marketplace, like within those brand departments, also in the CRM team is also talking to the sampling team. Like those are all right. working Right, now together. it's becoming interconnected. So... Can we talk about this? Can sure. you talk about like uh, the average cost per campaign? So the way that our business model works is brands pay us on a cost per sample. Okay. And that's all inclusive of the technology, the shipping and handling. So um, like survey just needs to ship the samples to our warehouse in Chicago. It's attached on the back end. So every time someone goes through and an order is placed, it automatically sends that out. And then also triggers like when that follow-up um, coupon should go out, when the follow-up survey should go out. So it's just... I call it magic, but sure. the tech team works very hard, and they've got it all automated in the back end. And can you tell us what the cost per sample is? So it's very dependent on the weight. I mean, bulk of our cost is shipping. shipping. Right. Um, so if you're looking at, like, a standard sample, and they're using our audience network, probably $2. If you're shipping, you know, a four-pack of Red Bull on its own, it, it yeah, gets more expensive. expensive. Sure, definitely. And then does that does that become a deterrent, right? Because they know how expensive shipping is and like Red Bull, just because we've talked about mm-hmm. it the entire time, it might be more cost effective for them to go out and do their own sampling. Do you feel like they choose one or the other or they still want to work with I you? I still think they're doing a mixture of both, but it's back to what they're also getting out of that. So looking beyond what that cost per sample is and like one, like we've talked to the big CPGs and what's a review worth right. to that? So if they're looking at a review is worth $8, $12, wow. that, you know, 2 or $3 is quite cost effective sure. given <clears throat> what you're And I know hearing. we, because we talked about, you know, when I worked at Yapo, we talked about yeah. the, the reviews component. Yeah, right. What is the conversion? Like, I mean, I get my free sample. I get the follow-up email and a coupon. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people actually do leave the reviews? I mean, do you find so it? we say on average 30%. That's good. Uh, That's in good. beauty, like upwards, like 50% wow. plus. Percent. Wow. There's also like this avid community, especially when it comes to beauty, where they, mm-hmm. they're they really into it. They get it. They want to participate in everything. They want to know everything. Yeah, like Those are the tastemakers. I, I was going to say, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say we have a whole Slack channel called Quirky Reviews. Wow. It's like we get the client success team. We'll post on the daily like stuff that comes I in. Yeah. What? Yeah, we, I, at Yacht Pub, we had some interesting reviews, and we can kind of moderate those. And yeah. Whether yeah. to display them or not. But have you had, like, let's say a brand who maybe the product isn't well-received, and it maybe would force them to go back to the drawing board? Has that happened? I mean, I haven't been privy to, like, I've, I've heard sure. them take it in the feedback, yeah. but I don't know what they do beyond that. You know, like the, the new Red Bull drink, everybody hates it. Yeah. And nobody wants to drink it anymore. Right. Like, you kind of just torpedo, like, a majority of what your sales might be in. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it, 
like smells, tastes of things. I think for the brands, like what a better way to do national research. Yeah, back to be very cost effective. You're doing like, let's go test a thousand samples and just see what the feedback is. Right. But then let's say you do have a negative response. Does that reflect poorly on your company? Do they come back to you and they're like, mm, I don't think we're going to do another? <laughs> well, we've definitely had brands that are like, how do you take out the negative reviews? Like if we're syndicating right. yeah. their review provider, it's like, well, get the good and the bad, I guess. You, you, you need some bad reviews in areas because I think it shows, you know, authenticity, a of, oh, yeah, yeah, authenticity and trust. And it's like, okay, maybe four, four people liked it and then this other person it shows maybe they didn't like the taste. Maybe they just yeah. have a different taste bud than you do. Yeah. Um, but as far as like, I'm just curious, like, would there, has there been a client that was like, they were like, we're never working with you again? Like basically? I mean, those ones <laughs> you have to start around. Yeah. Or like, it's, it's just the nature of the nature it. nature of the but, beast. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's a good sales move. So like your role within Sampler, like you obviously are director of partnerships mm-hmm. or head of partnerships. How much selling are you doing or is it, do they get it? And like, it's just a matter of putting the pieces together. Yeah, so my role specifically, I'm working with partnerships that are reselling our technology. Um, but the sales team is, of course, working hand-in-hand directly with whether that be the brand, with their agencies, or a hybrid. Of so who, who would be really selling the tech? Is it like agencies or? Uh, like Snapchat, um, media partners, publishers, like working with Hearst on how they work with their advertisers. Cool. I think it's amazing to me that Snapchat just sells this service. It's fantastic, right? So what is the value of reviews? Why do companies value it so much? I think now that everyone is going online, whether they purchase it online or if they're doing their research before they walk into Laura Taylor, they're looking at what the reviews are. Right. So I think that's kind of what tips the deal on someone actually purchasing. And this is a great way to like suddenly aggregate it thousands of reviews within a short period of time. It's funny. So I was just with the president of Lord & Taylor, and she said that they're going to start filtering a little bit more. That's that's a process they're, they're going to start implementing. But I guess the bigger question is, how do you drive traffic back to those counters? I mean, if you're getting the reviews online yeah. and you're doing everything virtually anyway, why not just place the order online? Why even go back in store? Which is what we're doing. Like, we used to have print coupons, and we're like, let's just get out of this business completely yeah um and moving towards yeah like an e-commerce coupon which they can use at retailer or on direct-to-consumer right and have you been tracking it so do you see like what the usage looks like what the percentage is Mm -hmm. for online purchases as opposed to retail yeah so we rely on the brand to give us that information back but i've seen some where they're like we covered our costs within two hours Wow, So to be able to show that right away is pretty cool. Um, We also ask consumers, have they repurchased? Are they thinking about it? So we can give those stats back to the brand as well. Right. Um, What's like an average sample size that you would work on? I was just going to ask that. Um, (laughs) We're super in sync. (laughs) Probably around like three ounces, like your standard like snack bar, like mini shampoo, sachet. really depends. Um, And how many people? Yeah, so probably average order around like fifty thousand samples. Wow, um, that's a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, it's re- like it, the whole industry is kind of reaching this tipping point where we're now all of a sudden getting RFPs for four hundred thousand samples, whereas before when we launched the company, it was like five ten thousand samples. So right. it's really moving in that direction. Like more budget is going towards digital channels. Um, but to your point on reviews, like I've gotten calls where like, can we sample kitchen tables? Like, how do we find that person that can give us that review back? So how do you find within our audience, like, who is the highest value consumer that's going to convert to, like, 
yeah. that exceptional review that they're looking for. I'd like a kitchen, kitchen table. table. I'll, 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 <laughs> give, I'll give you a review for. So next time I get on the call, call yeah, call, call me. That's such an interesting question. Can you sample kitchen tables? Yeah. Can you take like I don't know twenty of them and then just distribute them to different influencers? Is that worth it? Yeah, it's it's for us looking at the economies of scale for that, but I'm um, just understanding what it is, or if you're working with like a review company that wants to license our technology because they're doing. 100 kitchen tables, 500 mattresses, and like taking the aggregate of all of that right. movement that they'd be doing it to figure out how we work together. So uh, the biggest issue with most of these fresh food companies is that um, the warehousing and the shipping is super expensive for mm-hmm. them, right? So how are you able to incorporate that into your costs or maybe decrease them? Yeah. I'm assuming your warehouse is in Toronto. So we have one in Toronto and then one in Chicago. There's like a big Toronto-Chicago connection. Yeah. So I can't figure it out because I know a guy that met, he's now married and living in Toronto, but he met his wife in, in Chicago. Chicago. You know what's funny is our warehouse in Chicago is actually a Toronto startup. Back to the Toronto startup. That's thing. so funny. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, there's That's been a lot of Chicago-Toronto connecting. I don't know if it's just cold weather and you kind of get it. Yeah, we just yeah. all bond just together. Bond. Yeah. Cool people, good food, Yeah. cold weather. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. I, I'm just curious, like, it, because that's the biggest issue, do you guys work a lot with, like, the last mile? What, what does that look like for you? So in terms of shipping, what works for us is if they're using our audience network. So brand would always get category exclusivity. You'd never want to see, like, two snack bars next to each other. Right. But they're, we're offsetting the cost of shipping by shipping multiple samples within that one experience. So um, say you went in and filled out the survey, you qualified for one sample, We'd say, oh, not today, because we want to wait until you qualify for two other samples. So there's three in the box, and that shipping actually makes economic sense. Wait, what, how does that work? You basically send them an email like, oh, no, your stuff is delayed. <laughs> so, no, it happens in real time. So it'd be like, oh, there's no samples that match your profile today. Wow. We'll text you when there are. So the sample or the back end knows when there are enough samples to match your profile in order to trigger, yeah, you'll get a box of samples. Got it. So it's really more cost-effective for you to send them, like, multiple samples as opposed to just individual ones, which makes sense. But then how long is the wait for that to happen? Um, It really depends on what's in inventory that day and when you signed up. So once you're in the program, we'll also send you a text or an email when there are samples that match. So it's it's an ongoing, always-on process. So, like, anybody can be a part of the audience network, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, like, I could... How would I go? Like, me, myself, right now, how could I go do that? Yeah, I'll send you to one of our publisher programs. So I go to a, just, yeah. but how would you, like, how does someone outside, like, let's say I didn't know you and yeah. I was really hot on finding samples, do I Google it or do I? No, you'd have to be reading on one of the websites. Oh, so this is like an exclusive program. Yeah, exactly. So Carl really wants some Red Bull samples. I want, I, want, <laughs> I, want some, I want some creams, I want some lotion. Yeah, he wants all the L'Oreal I want, I want the L'Oreal stuff. <laughs> Now, once, like, you mentioned L'Oreal, and I've always experienced this in a lot of the jobs I've had, is, like, having a high-profile company or Mm high-profile brand. Was L'Oreal, like, that was, like, your first kind of bigger client, right? Yeah, it was definitely our bigger, like, investor client that came in, which works really well for us because then we can scale internationally quite quickly because it's from the top down. The brands know, like, we're approved, we're all in it together, but it has allowed us to scale across Europe. Now, was that their ideal to strategically invest, or they, they were, like... Let's give you guys a try, and then we'll invest. Like, how does? Yeah, so we were actually already working with them on the body shop uh, when we first started the company, which was a really cool one because it was qualified for the sample online through Facebook, but go in store to pick it up. 
Cool. And I don't know if you've been in a body shop, but those salespeople are really, really yeah, good. Yeah, it, it smells amazing. Yeah. So, and try this cream, try exactly. this lotion. Exactly. So they're in, their salespeople do their job, and the basket size was, like, outrageous on someone going in to pick up a free... Free sample. Free sample. So why not just do that again? That sounds like an amazing conversion. Yeah, we will for sure. We were doing it with um, Kiehl's as well. Yeah. Uh, but the body shop was... No, it's no longer owned by L'Oreal, but uh, through that, uh, Marie went and ended up pitching in... Uh, their Paris office and that's where the investment came in a couple of years ago and then we've been rolling out programs across their different brand verticals. So what are you seeing as far as like these CPG companies like I feel like they're late to innovate obviously. Yeah so they'll most of them now have like VC arms they're doing these innovation challenges where they'll invite startups to come in and pitch so this specific one was on uh, Keurig so I mean for us that's just like lining us right up because how do you sample to the mom that has a Keurig machine in the grocery aisle, you're going to ask everyone if they have a Keurig machine. So right. um, they were using our audience network. So we would find someone that had at least one kid at home um, to establish that it is like a family household and then asking them a whole bunch of questions on what their coffee habits are. For an ideal scenario, what would a brand have to do to work with you? So we usually have a conversation, look at their objectives and their needs, uh, figure out the quantity, figure out what you know, is coming up in the pipeline for them. Um, ideally, we get them on kind of like a year-long plan so we can hit different product launches and innovations and their typical mainstay around like certain seasonality points. But um, it's super easy. It's a self-serve dashboard, but we also have a client success team that works with enterprise clients. Uh, on our side, we get a campaign up and ready in like 20 minutes. Wow. It's wow. usually just getting the samples to the warehouse yeah. from the brand side and legal but and this is considered top of the funnel marketing right Mm -hmm. so can you just walk us through that really quickly what does that mean to you uh for us i i think it's it's honestly just getting that sample right into the consumer's hands from the get-go so it's more like focused on awareness right that's what we're trying to do we're trying to build like uh like just a very beginning relationship with them yeah exactly so it might be like working with parcel right now and a lot of their new laundry care which is this disc which looks more like candy than the pods, but that's a know. different story. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> looks like right. a gummy. <laughs> Anyways, I love but, gummies too, so that's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so brand awareness on those new product launches, or it might be like engaging labs clients, uh, or just even, you know, trialing new flavors. Back to Keurig, like you've tried Maxwell House, try this new Keurig flavor. And do you find higher conversions with brands that are already recognizable or are people still willing to try new things that they've never heard of before? I think that there's definitely an appetite to try new things. Uh, we have a partnership with a company called New Hope Network, which runs Natural Products Expo, which is like a Costco Saturday afternoon on Crack. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 50,000 vendors go. Um, they run this program called the Nexty Awards, which is like for a natural food brand, like winning an Oscar. Amazing. So, you know, like products that are completely new emerging categories, like um, I ate like the inside of like a lily flower the other day, or oh. like everyone's talking about turmeric and oat and like mushrooms. Yeah. And what does that all mean? Um, so for the consumers that are, are signed up for all these programs, they get to try all these like really cool, innovative products. And then for these brands, they're getting feedback in real time. Wow. Well, this is my question I typically ask our guests is, what, like, it sounds like you guys are doing really well, a lot of exciting things. Yeah. What's something you guys have screwed up? Whether it's maybe hiring, maybe a bad partnership, maybe just I, overlook something, yeah. being a you know, young startup. I was talking about this um, the other day at a talk. It, it actually, I think those are two 
threads are tied together. Yeah. Team, especially at this stage, and, like, Marie being a sole founder, there's so much pressure, and, like, there's tough times, so making sure that you have that really strong, supportive team around you, but it works because we're such a transparent team. Right. So you, you literally cannot have a bad egg because it just affects everyone so much. Like, everyone's all in it together. The tech team has this spoon of shame, like... No one, you can't give the spoon a shame. You can't be like, oh, you screwed up. There's a spoon. Like, someone has to go and take it. Like, they know they've screwed something up. They're like, I did it. Oh, like, you, go to the wall. You, you, own, take, you, you own the fact take, that you messed up yeah. and you, you say that's my spoon of shame. Exactly. So, I like that. Yeah. I think having a team that you is You never just, find that. Yeah. Amazing. There's no egos in the room. Like, I think that that's what's allowed us to. Now, how big is the team entirely? Uh, we're about 25 people, but... I think the, when the last time I yeah. met you, how... We were 15 people, like, a few weeks ago. Yeah, like, you guys have grown. I've seen Every some time I come like, back, I'm like, what's going on? Who's these people? Yeah, we're giving people welcome balloons for a while, and it, it looked like we lived inside, like, the up house. And I was like, <laughs> got to do something else. The just, up house. It's just, like, the middle office just takes balloons everywhere. <laughs> uh, so what's on the horizon for you guys? Uh, so this year, definitely focused on optimizing with our, our tech platform. So hiring developers on that side, really looking for a full stack developer right now, if anyone knows anyone. Uh, is it hard to, I mean, Toronto being a growing emerging tech scene, is it harder to find maybe developer talent It is because there? there's such demand right now. Yeah. So um, that's definitely been a, been a challenge there. And then scaling our, our sales team just uh, to keep up with the amount of demand that we're getting and making sure that we have bodies and seat to service those clients. Sure. And then from like a, mar- I mean, how are you guys marketing sampler.io? So I mean, we've ad- got, AdWords, like, no, we've got a kick-ass marketing team and like you've met Marie. She's, yeah. she's a super, yeah, she's a marketer at heart. An like. insane amount of free PR, like just by Marie being Marie, but, um, just also being really integrated within the community. Like tonight back in Toronto, they're running something called retail TO. So putting together a speaker series, samplers hosting it with another, a company called Nudge. So events like that, uh, we do a ton of content marketing on YouTube uh, with the blog posts, um, ensuring that you know there's marketing drips going out all the time. Sure. So that's really what's helped us is is just putting uh, a lot of rock stars on content. Yeah, I mean I've seen because Marie's always speaking at something or she's always in attendance at some sort of panel. I she doesn't sleep. Yeah. Um, so if you had a piece of advice that you could leave our listeners with, what would that be? I honestly, it's going back to the team thing, like working really closely, understanding what everyone's challenges are on a daily basis, understanding from my position, like what is the brand's challenge? So um, taking all of that into consideration and really working as a team to make sure that at the end of the day, the client's successful and we're all going towards the same goal and being flexible to pivot if we need to. Awesome. I like that. This is great. Thank you so much for yeah, being thank you. here. What's the best way for people to be in touch with you? Uh, it's Carly, C-A-R-L-I-E at sampler, S-A-M-P-L-E-R dot I-O. We kept our vowels, so make sure you yeah. keep that E in there. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Thanks, Carly. Thank you.